I think this is both a, a good and a bad thing. Marketing has some advantages as a, as a broad industry to step into where more often than not, unless you are super, super specialized, like if you only know one industry and one skill within that industry, that's probably the mm, potentially most dangerous area you can kind of narrow yourself into. I've heard somebody say that a, a marketing degree is a shelf life of six months. Don't know if that's true, but at the end of the day, it feels that way because of how quickly things are evolving. The business you're working um, for is more financially focused, so it's a financially driven business. Um, the department that gets cut first point. almost all the time is marketing. Yep. So when you do get no. Well, it's the middle of November, and welcome back to the Challenge Tunity podcast. Well, I'm Chris Lawson. We have an interesting episode today. Those of which who are in the marketing world may have the odd chuckle, may have the odd laugh, because we're going to be talking about how to get started in the marketing industry. And you may look back at your journey and relate full heartedly. But before we jump into that and try to educate and help those who are maybe outside of that market, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Jordan Wolf, who goes to the beach. Howdy. <laughs> Jordan loves the beach, but he hates swimming. He uh, he likes to walk the beach, but he doesn't actually like the beach. I think he likes the things that he does at the beach, but it has nothing to do with the beach. Yeah. So, Well, to, to be clear, I don't dislike swimming. I love swimming. Just uh, I don't tend to go to the beach to swim or hang out on the beach. Well, you used yeah. to be a professional athlete in water well, polo and swimming and things weren't you in order to be a professional you have to get paid to it so no i was mm. not a professional but i, I was a, uh, a regular competing um trainee i guess in the way of swimming and water polo yeah. well you're built like a swimmer i mean you, you're you're tall you're lanky you have webbed fingers and toes so every, every day i get older every day less so but yeah at one point i was very much the the uh typical swimmers person the typical swimmers person. Well, typical swimmers person. We have an interesting episode, like I said. What are we talking about today? Well, like you kind of introed, uh, we're going to be talking about getting started in the marketing career. Um, for better or for worse, that's something that both you and I have done, obviously. Now, as uh, principals of agencies, that's one route that you can end up in. But uh, there's a lot of other, you know, very rewarding careers, a lot of creativity in this in this industry, a lot of different paths you can follow. So I think it's going to be interesting to kind of lay that out. I know mm -hmm. that a lot of people are a little nervous about it. It is kind of in some ways like a monolith. You you have like the agency world. It's a little bit scary. You've got, you know, a lot of responsibilities when you get started into this industry. And um, there's a lot of new things to try all the time. So it's uh, maybe going to be a little bit of a primer on, on if you're going down that journey or you're very early in that journey. This might be a very good uh, episode for you to watch. I've heard people say, don't do it. And I've heard others like myself say, it's amazing. It's very rewarding. We're going to drop the episode in the middle of November. And we hope that it kind of helps people as they start entering into the new year with decisions. But um, we're going to break this episode into three segments. So we're going to first talk about how there's many paths to take and not to kind of spoil it. There's a lot. Um, we're also going to talk in our second segment about things you should know before entering the industry. Um, we're hoping, uh, even though we have a few points that we're going to kind of go a little bit outside of those points today, because there's a lot, there's a lot of things that you should know, 
um, from people on the inside that maybe people don't really talk about. We're hoping to kind of uncover some of those. And then the third segment is going to be all about the the you know rewards that are associated to it because it it really can be awarding mm-hmm. or rewarding, I should say, and awarding. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, we win awards. <laughs> yeah, there's some so. around somewhere around by me, but uh, yeah, the the uh, the rewarding part I think is more in the kind of life that you can have, the career you can set for yourself, and the ability to have what in most cases can be a little bit more of a creative uh, endeavor, uh, whether, whether you're doing creative slash design work or whether you're just in an environment where creative thinking and solving problems is a little bit more common than many other career paths. Yeah, we often think about marketers as creatives, but the truth is depending on the path that you take, it's actually some of those analytical minds and the project management people and the operations people that actually release those creative people to actually do their job properly. Um, a lot of a lot of the secret sauce of, of agencies is actually tied to good project management and keeping people in alignment, whether it be in-house or client-facing. And it is no different if you're say working for an organization and you have a department that needs to be run efficiently, there's still deadlines, there's still ROI that has to be um, hit. So um, it's a lot broader than just, I'm a creative and I'm going to design and do fluffy, beautiful things all day and, um, you know, use all the, the newest tech that I possibly can have access to. Well, why don't we talk about those paths first, Jordan? Because before we kind of talk about the the internal workings, those workings can be very different from path to path. Um, Mm -hmm. We've kind of broken it down by an educational route versus kind of the school of hard knocks or the, the less linear path. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's also important before we get into this to kind of set the stage that of course we're coming from a very specific agency and a very specific view of how we do digital marketing. Um, I'm going to try to be as broad and, and fair about the whole industry. So regardless of whether you're, you know, the type of person who would be inclined to work with an agency like ourselves, mm-hmm. or whether you want to go on a completely different path, uh, I'm going to try to get, we're going to try to get a full breadth across the board of things we've seen, you know, prior to these, these roles. Um, you know, obviously both of us have done hiring before, so we see different lenses and, and ways of looking at, uh, this career path, both inside and outside of our, our particular worldview. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very broad industry. It's, it's very different than, I don't know, maybe you're an architect, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that it's, that's your path, right? There's, there's, there's a, there's a little bit of movement within that, but not as broad as, you know, working in an agency or working as a creative or, you know, getting into the world of project management and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah. how would one kind of make the decision, Jordan, between going down the educational path versus going down the path of, you know, maybe just learning it on the fly and kind of finding what, what works best for them? Well, I think, like you said, there's there's many paths in this particular industry. So if you're getting into marketing, marketing is a very broad industry with a lot of entry points um, and a lot of different ways you can make that happen. So getting into this industry is not like becoming a brain surgeon where you have to go to a university, you have to get your doctorate, you have to have a practicum, you have to like do all these things that are very prescribed and everybody does the same thing to get to that result. In, in marketing, if your goal is to, you know, work in an agency or, you know, be a marketing manager somewhere or direct events or something or design websites, all those paths are possible, whether you choose to go through education or kind of self-education or whether you do kind of the just the school of hard knocks and just trying to learn things on your own all these paths are possible there are just different companies that will relate to those paths you've taken in different ways so 
education is a really good shortcut for a lot of businesses when they're they're in the hiring process. Um, marketing is uh, for both better and worse a very in demand industry. There's a lot of competition. Like everybody mm-hmm. wants to be in marketing. It's a very popular thing to get into. Um, so regardless of what path you get in, you you, you use to get in the door. Uh, education can be a shortcut on both sides because it kind of gives them the the business hiring you a little bit of background and be like, okay, well, at least getting pre-installed with some of the the information I'm I'm comfortable with. Um, but what we find out, especially in the digital marketing realm, is what you learn in school is almost never applicable yes. <laughs> to what you're actually going to be working yes. on. <laughs> so you read my it's, mind. It's a, yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword of both sides. Um, so it's not a waste of time, but it is definitely, it's telling you maybe something that you didn't expect you would be telling the, yeah. the um, hiring team uh, about instead. I, I always tell people when we, when we bring them on, you know, hey, it's great. You got that degree and whatever, you know, you had to take to get here. Now you have to learn about how to actually work in this industry. Often what happens is you, 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 you know, you're in school for two, three, four years and you're learning theory, methodology, you know, uh, and then when you actually get in the industry and we've, we've heard many staff say, I've learned more in the first two to three weeks of being here than I did my whole, um, edu- during all my education. And the truth is that that's not true. It just feels that way because you're now learning a hundred percent of the stuff that's applicable when it's client facing or mm-hmm. how to, you know, take shortcuts in your workflow or whatever the case might be. Um, I find the biggest difference between people who have gone down the educational route you know, where you're getting your degree or whatever the case might be versus um, a good example would be the hard knocks would be, I'm going to go in as an account manager in an agency model and work there for a couple of years, get exposed to a bunch of different things, and then gradually work my way, you know, maybe horizontally into another role, project management role, a creative role, a writing role, design role, whatever the case might be. Um, the difference between those two is that when you're hands-on working with clients, there's a lot that you learn, much like drinking from a fire hose, um, that you don't get exposed to down the educational path. So I think that's something for, for people to really understand is that although the educational path will teach you more than um, the, the hard knocks route, the hard knocks route is going to feel like you learn more that's applicable. Um, at least that's from my experience and from a lot of the feedback I've heard from people over the years. Yeah, I mean, if you're just getting out there and messing around, you maybe you're starting your own kind of design business and getting into doing branding projects. Like, there's nothing stopping you from doing that tomorrow, and you will learn things, and you will, you know, learn how mm-hmm. to deal with customers, and you will learn how to communicate, and you'll learn learn how to do marketing essentially um, through trial and error and just hard work. And you can demonstrate that to businesses when they're hiring you. Uh, if you have a good portfolio and you kind of keep good notes and you have testimonials and you do all that kind of stuff, but that's a, a lot of work on its own. So it's not like you're really saving yourself energy um, either way. Like you go to school, it's going to take a lot of work. If you do it on your own, it's going to take a lot of work. And either way, you got to show that that's valuable to the business that you're being hired by. I think regardless of what you're doing, um, today's landscape for education is quite uh, advantageous for those that are getting into the industry. The, the amount of micro courses, things you can kind of self-serve mm-hmm. uh, to get into a little bit of education are quite often more valuable than those big monolithic university programs mm-hmm. and, and college programs because you're going to be able to learn something much more close to the applicable stuff that you'll actually be working with. Mm-hmm. So those big monolithic schools have curriculum that they've been building out for 10 years and therefore it's 
useful 10 years ago, <laughs> not today. But you are learning processes and theories that can layer on top of those kind of new techniques, like getting a little certification in how to do PPC ads from Google is something you can do tomorrow for almost Absolutely. no money, free or very low cost. And that's applicable. That's something that someone mm -hmm. can be like, oh, okay, like I can throw you into that account tomorrow and you should be able to at least run some ads on a fundamental level. Great. That, that is very useful. And so probably peppering a few of those things in, depending on where you want to go to start, might be worthwhile. Well, the truth is, too, is that even with that degree that you got in school, a lot of the time agencies will say, hey, before you start on Monday, we want you to have these certificates because mm -hmm. the lingo has to be unanimous across all your company. You know, those types of things. You mentioned, you know, Google Analytics certificates, things like that. But, you know, there's HubSpot and a whole bunch of them out there. There's, you know, companies that are building automations and such that are offering their own academies or their own, you know, learning centers, mm -hmm. gobble those up. Honestly, whether you're entering the industry or you're somebody who's been in it for a long time, you have to continually learn. Those are the easy ones to grab. It's going to take mm -hmm. you a few hours on a Friday evening or maybe a Wednesday, Fridays for other things. But, you know, why not? Yeah. Why and, not? And some people... Like when you, you're faced with that many potential education options, that's also a problem on its own as well. Like which ones do I take and why? Uh, that has a lot more to do with what you want to do with your career. Um, and this is where we get into talking about kind of the, the divide between being a specialist or more of a generalist in this career. And both are available to you, especially early on. Most of the positions you'll probably see available in the marketplace, whether that's uh, in an in-house role, kind of as a junior or entry level, or in an agency, tend to be generalists' positions. They'll they'll have a couple requirements of like, hey, can you launch a PPC ad, or can you do some basic graphic design in Canva? Can you write content for for a blog? Right. If you can do some of those things, then you might get a position in some of these entry-level uh, jobs as a generalist and you'll flip flop from one task to another. So it's kind of hard to mm -hmm. determine, well, do I get, do I really double down and become the best blog writer or do I really double down and become a really great web designer? Unless you know that up front, and you can kind of, you know, really pre-install yourself with very deep knowledge in a single area and then go hard for that job as a, a specialist, like a web designer that only does web design, doesn't do writing, doesn't do SEO, you know, you can get a very rewarding career as well. But you have to know that, I guess, in order to choose whether to do those extra education mm -hmm. programs or to really narrow that knowledge down and focus it. Well, I think it's important to note that the world that we live in is becoming more and more and more a specialist industry or, or world than ever before. Um, even within the world of advertising, if you want to be a, an expert advertiser, that doesn't necessarily mean that you know everything about every single network because these platforms are evolving and changing. Algorithms and human behavioral patterns and technology and all these things are, are evolving at a rate that it's hard to keep up. And so when you're dealing with where do I want to start? Am I a generalist? Am I a specialist? Both work. The, the reality, though, is that the role that you are trying to get into may be more of a generalist, more of a specialist role. Start from the perspective of what really gets you going. Because a generalist could be somebody who needs to know a little bit about everything across the, the business model, in the org organization, um, within the marketing funnel. Maybe that's more of a strategist role, an account management role, a project management role, um, a director role of some sort. 
versus your specialist has to be an expert on how to write a specific type of piece of content to move the needle with Google and its algorithm mm -hmm. that's shifting and the buying behavior of that audience and the tone of the and the language of that company or organization. So, you know, what gets you um, down the like where you want to be be in the end of your career is one question, but start with what really gets you going. Because if you're somebody who hates doing the same thing over and over and over again, being a specialist sometimes is not the way to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you don't have a strong passion for something, getting that generalist position is a great thing. That's a great environment. It's a sandbox. Find out what you like, find out what you don't like, find out where you have skills and where you don't have skills. Where do you have a natural kind of propensity that really can be accelerated and turned into good value for both your employer and yourself? Um, sometimes you just don't know what those are until you try it. So, um, you know, get out there, try that. That's a, that's a very valuable experience. Now, like our agency, Atrium tends to hire specialists up front. So we're usually like one step removed. We, we tend to hire people that have made that first kind of dip their toe in, found out what they're into, and now have made a decision to be a content writer or an, a, you know, analytics specialist or something along those lines, then, then they're a good fit for us. Um, but again, no, no fault in trying to find that out and, and become confident in it. I think philosophically, I'll just say that, um, you know, especially young people will get regular advice of follow your passion. While there is an element of truth to that, I think that you do want to have things that you feel good about and you want to be, you know, passionate about what you're able to do. But in the end, you know, do the things that you are good at that you can turn into, mm -hmm. you know, value for yourself and, and your employer. And hopefully it doesn't drive you insane and maybe you enjoy along the way. So uh, there's, are, there's are you every that, rainbow in between there. Are you saying that there are elements of your job within marketing that can drive you crazy? There definitely will be. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's a whole other podcast I think we could get. Just is, that's that the name topic. of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, let's let's expand that though, because you know we're talking about there's there's paths to take. Whether you're going on the educational versus hard knocks route, there's this whole specialist versus gen generalist route. But then there's also just literally high level. Do I work in a marketing department of a company? Do I go down the self-employed or freelance route where I do it on my own, or do I go through an agency? Um, those are all very different models. All look at marketing differently, even sometimes within different industries can bring different challenges. For example, if you're on the marketing department of a company that's uh, direct to consumer, B2B, B2C, all very different in how you market um, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So let's talk a bit about that for a moment. We, we have a, a really good lens from all three because mm -hmm. we're an agency, that's one lens. We work every single day with marketing departments as an agency. In fact, Jordan and I have been known over the years to give a lot of, um, I could even go as, as crazy saying, constructive criticisms on how those departments are being run all the way through to mm -hmm. business modeling for a lot of those organizations. Um, and then we also provide a lot of advice on the self-employed or freelance side because we get hit up all the time by people who want mm -hmm. to, you know, want us to send them leads or whatever the case might be. So Jordan, why don't we first start with say the, the in-house path? Let's, let's start mm -hmm. there. Yeah. I mean, that's the most simple uh, one. Like you, you think of being a marketing manager, a marketing coordinator, maybe an in-house graphic designer, or web design that fits within the marketing industry. A lot of businesses have that. 
usually the the size of the business is a, a major consideration when you're taking those positions. Um, the really small businesses do struggle to have the infrastructure to to make sure that you have everything you need to do your job. So that's one thing to keep in mind, especially when you're starting your career. You're probably not going to have a mentor. You're probably not going to have a lot of support if you're, you know, the one and only marketing coordinator at a very small business. That being said, they need that. And maybe that's a great opportunity for you to make a name for yourself if you can just hit the ground running and kind of solve your own problems and be a self-starter. Um, as you kind of go up in size, you have those medium business size businesses. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe there's a couple layers of management, maybe a small department you're kind of part of or even potentially leading. Those types of environments are a lot more stable, um, but they, you know, as a business, you're, you're focused on one goal, one audience, one, one company, which is both an advantage and a disadvantage. It's an mm -hmm. advantage in that you can really establish a knowledge of, of an industry and, and the goals that you have, um, which means deep uh, impact in one area. Uh, the disadvantage to it is if you ever decide to get bored of that or, or the company makes a change and, and for unfortunate reasons you lose that job, you have now established a very narrow window that you know have to then convince another business that might be in a different mm -hmm. industry or not have the same things you've spent you know last five, six years uh, focused on um, and show them that, that you can have equivalent value there. Uh, the really large businesses like your Nikes and Pepsis, while that, those are sexy jobs, they're very difficult to get into day one. And, and unfortunately, a lot of the times, if you're going to go that route, you you might even have to do some of those unpaid internships and things that uh, personally, I, I don't have um, a, a kind eye on what those positions are. I don't think that they should exist, but that's, that's again, a whole other episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's, there's scale to consider in-house, there's industries, there's different roles within those industries and just the ability to either focus down in, into an area or an industry or whether you want to be a little broader with your experience. Well, I think you touched on a couple of really important things because if you're, if you're looking to get into mar being a marketer in some capacity, knowing the size of the organization that you're getting into is a very important thing depending on where you're at in your career. Um, mentorship is one of those things. But back to that specialist versus generalist role, the smaller the organization, the more, more of a generalist you're going to be. So for example, you're sitting at a desk, boss knocks on the door and says, hey, we need to make a million dollars more this quarter. That's the goal. Let's get it done. Well, you have all these digital marketing tools at your, at your disposal, but you're probably only really good at a quarter or a third of them, right? So a good example, that would be um, you might not really have a clear understanding of how Google's algorithm is changing and evolving and, and how AI plays into that and all these things, but you're being told to get revenue and you, but, and you know that ranking well in your market matters. Okay, well, I can run ads, but I'm really a social media specialist. So, okay, I can run social media ads, but how I measure social media ads is very different than how I measure organic social. Like it gets really complex really, really mm -hmm. quickly. And so the size of the business does matter. Um, and, and I often tell people you're putting yourself in a, in a, in a position to succeed or fail understanding some of that. Mm -hmm. If you're lucky, you're also, you know, maybe getting into a company that's also working with an agency to support mm -hmm. you or to kind of close those gaps where you might have weaknesses and elevate those areas where you might have strengths, but that's not always the case. And again, if you're getting into a new position, that might be something worth, um, inquiring about whether you'll be supported by an agency and in what areas. Well, and that's a good transition point. So let's talk about agencies there. So in an agency model, you literally have specialists across the entire building. 
generally speaking not always yeah, not the always. case yeah. not always the case but in in a in a mid to large size agency that's generally what what you'll see the smaller agencies you're going to be holding a lot more of those hats or wearing a lot more of those hats um now, your generalists within an agency are going to be things like your account managers, some of your salespeople, if we like using those terms in marketing, or business development or whatever. Um, your project managers need to know a little bit more than you need to. Strategists, if I haven't mentioned them already. These are generalist roles. These are people that are not necessarily getting into the nitty gritty, moving every little toggle, you know, designing everything. You know, um, those are specialists, your designers, your content writers, your, your front end and back end developers, your, these are all individuals who have gone down a career path where they're doing that exact same thing over and over and over again. It might be a little bit unique depending on their role, but at the end of the day, they're becoming experts in that. And there aren't going to be very many people that can compete against them in a certain geographical area for what they're specifically doing. Now, the challenge that we're running into in all of these positions, whether it be agencies, in-house, is that a lot of these companies have gone remote. And so now you're in a situation where you are a specialist or a generalist that's now competing for roles globally sometimes. So keep that in the back of your mind as well, because at the end of the day, if you're going to get into an agency where you're going and you're looking for mentorship, having an in-house role is going to help you with that specific task way more than sitting on your couch as comfortable as that might be drinking your coffee with your slippers um you know getting in-house is going to get you the mentorship and the guidance that you need way more than being stuck in a silo yep now if we're going to talk about flexibility and uh kind of being the master of your own destiny it's it's very often the people bring up well you know why don't i work for myself i can be kind mm -hmm. of uh self-employed or, you know, freelance is another kind of term thrown around in this, this space. And that is definitely a direction you can go. You can do that right out of school, especially these days. There's a lot of tools. There's a lot of things. You can set up your own website. You can build up your own little profiles. There's even third-party uh, marketplaces like Fiverr or Upwork that you can promote your mm -hmm. skills and your abilities, but people can then hire you. Um, the challenge is really more down to, is that the road you want to go down? There's a lot of hidden things that you now need to also be doing other than your job mm -hmm. uh not the least of which is sales <laughs> you need to all of a sudden become a sales expert um, and what you're selling is yourself mm -hmm. you need to be able to turn yourself into a product that people want at a price they want in a place that they want and you need to be really good at all those things so that is marketing stuff so i mean if you are a marketer you should have the skills to do that but it can be tiring when you're constantly trying to it's like doing an interview every single time you want to get a paycheck. Well, but <laughs> then know, it's, but it's then what happens is you find someone who really does love your work or loves the mm -hmm. way that you think of things and they want you to send them a proposal that mm -hmm. you don't have, nor do you necessarily know if that document's going to be legally binding. So, mm -hmm. you know, scope creep, you know, all those things come into play there. Um, and you're right. There's more roles than just, hey. I'm running your social media or, Hey, I'm designing your brochure or whatever as a freelancer or being on the self-employed side. It's also things like bookkeeping, mm -hmm. accounting, meeting deadlines. A lot of the time, if you're a freelancer, you're also doing it outside of your normal nine to five because it usually isn't paying the bills, especially up front. You're, you're usually getting paid 10 to 25% of what larger organizations um, are charging. And the reason for that is because, if that client could afford that, they'd go to a full service agency. 
They're going mm-hmm. to freelancers because they want it to be cheaper, but often they want it to be just as fast and they want the highest quality. And a lot of the time, the quality side of it across agency models, every model, client doesn't actually know what the heck they want in the first place. They're leaning mm-hmm. on you to do it. So you got to hit it out of the park before you know it. And you start going down the path of revisions over and over and over again. That's where your accounting or sorry, your, your contracts come into place. So. But I don't want to say that we're, we're, we're talking this option down, that for those that it does work, I am. for those stars align, <laughs> but where, where those stars align, you can really flourish here and, and some yes, people can. do, but they are a vast minority because of all these things we just mentioned. It's, it's, you've got to be a master of everything to kind of pull it off. Usually the, the, the individuals that um, do really well, and, and this isn't everybody, this, this is from my experience, are individuals who land really large contracts reoccurring revenue they're in systems it's not these one-off projects because the thing about projects is there's not reoccurring money that's attached mm-hmm. to that so you're as soon as that project's done you're hungry again you need to find that new deal and so if you can get that sustainability as a freelancer it it really helps for you to just scale everything that you're doing and then you get to a place where you can be choosy because they're mm-hmm. saying mm, this is the kind of project i want to take on or i want to leave to the side or this is what i'm really good at now and i've learned from my experiences or i've i've failed here or there or i've succeeded over there this is what i'm really good at and and just honing in on that but most freelancers they don't have that flexibility or that leisure so we talked a lot about you know the different paths and and how broad it is to get into this industry the different scales of businesses you can work the different roles you can play the kind of ways you can approach education and getting into it from that perspective. But let's, let's say you've made those first steps and you're now getting into this industry. I think there's, you know, kind of the initial shock that a lot of people get into in their first position where it's, it's almost always something new that you didn't expect. So maybe we can talk some about those things that are maybe a little surprising or that we wish we knew um, going into this industry that we can maybe give to those people as um, kind of a heads up to start out. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's always these different things that you need to know before you come into it. And the thing I, I think the number one, maybe for both of us, definitely for me, is think about it. Forget marketing. You know, you, you are at any age, at any stage of your career, the one thing that you really want when you get into, some, into any kind of role position is job security. The last thing you want to do is start a role and, and worry about is, is the company going to implode? Am, am I, have the last five people been cut for some silly reason? I mean, these are all things that we think about going into a job. Well, job security does vary from role or, or path that you take. So if you're in a different size organization, job security can be very different. Same thing applies with the size of agency. Um, Job security is a very, very, very important thing when you're talking about the size of organization versus being a freelancer until you're established, there isn't any job security. Mm -hmm. There just really isn't any. And that's everybody understands how how being self-employed is. That's why most people aren't self-employed. That's why most people aren't business owners. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, the size of agency, the size of organization you're with does tie into your job stability. Yeah, I think this is both a, a good and a bad thing. Marketing has some advantages as a, as a broad industry to step into where more often than not, unless you are super, super specialized, like if you only know one industry and one skill within that industry, that's probably the mm, potentially most dangerous area you, you can kind of narrow yourself into while there's a lot of value there, you're kind of standing on that one pedestal. So if that particular industry, like let's say you're really good at um, 
you know, doing marketing for mining companies. And then all of a sudden that industry tanks, all of a sudden, all that revenue that goes to pay marketing people gets cut. And then you're, you have nothing. You have, you have to yeah. kind of start from scratch or at least you lose that advantage and go into more of a generalist position. Um, but marketing in general across the board doesn't tend to disappear. Like marketing as an industry doesn't go away. If, as long as there's business to be had, there will be marketing roles to be filled. You just may move from industry to industry or company to the company. Um, so, you know, if you are out of work, you're usually not out of work for long if you're good at what you do. So Correct. it is very much, a, you know, pick up your own bootstraps kind of industry. But as long as you're working hard and you're continuing to develop and you're able to show that you've been doing that through your career, there's almost always going to be a job for you, um, even if there is a, a little short, awkward transition between things. Um, so on that front, you know, job security is very, very good in this industry. Mm -hmm. But like I mentioned, the other side to it is, you know, making sure that you are placing the right bets into areas that uh, yes. can overlap with it, that that might make that not the case. Like if you only work in one area that does have more ebbs and flows in, in, in their in industries of, of uh, uh, you know, the economy might impact, et cetera. Uh, one other thing is with job security is marketing tends to be, unfortunately, even at regardless of what size you're at, if the business you're working for is more financially focused, so it's a financially driven business, um, the department that gets cut first point. almost all the time is marketing. Yep. So when you do get knocked into a new position, that's often the reason is just some financial person said like line 12, we're spending how much on marketing? I don't understand marketing. I'm cutting it in half. <laughs> and then boom, it just happens overnight for no reason. And often contrary to the benefit of the business. So it's, uh, it's frustrating, but that's just kind of been the reality of this industry. Well, you mentioned a few points there. I mean, marketing is recession proof. Doesn't mean that your role is. Right. That's a very important thing that people don't talk about before you come into this industry. So hone in on your skills. Make sure that you're getting the support and the mentorship, which is tying in the size of business that you're in. And then the last one you pointed out is is secret sauce. Look for an organization to work with, whether it be an agency or a company, a municipality that's growth focused, that they're trying to achieve a certain objective and they're pushing the envelope versus this is just, it's a liability. You know, what we do here is it's a liability. It's a cost, you know, the, to the organization. You'll find yourself, number one, you know, sure, losing your job one day if you don't hit those tasks. But more than anything, you're just going to be living with all of that stress on your shoulders every day. And marketing is not surgery. You should enjoy mm -hmm. your job. <laughs> it should be fun. So, you know, you shouldn't be sitting here wondering, you know, do I pull the, the red wire, the blue wire? You know, you know, it's not a life or death situation here that you're, you know, you know, working on. You know, this is marketing. It, it should be mm -hmm. fun here. Um, I'd say the other big thing that you should probably know coming into this industry is that number, well, part of this is it's not easy. It just isn't easy. Clients are finicky. The services that you're providing are evolving and changing at the most rapid rate. Um, I've heard somebody say that a, a marketing degree is a shelf life of six months. I don't know if that's true, but at the end of the day, it feels that way because of how quickly things are evolving. Um, and it's never dull. That's the second part to that is mm. there, it's always moving. So if you, if you're somebody who doesn't like change and, and being adaptable and things like that, that could be a frustration for you. If you're somebody like myself 
who needs something fresh and new to, to dive into all the time, you're going to love it. It's what you're going to look forward to every single day, new challenges that you're facing, new individuals. Um, or if, if your role every single day is, I got to spend the same amount of ad spend for my company, things like that. There's still going to be things that are evolving and shifting and changing within those platforms. Uh, I mean, look at last week, we had our ads team pop into the office and Google decided that day to just, no, oh, just, we're going to make some massive changes. Boom. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's just, now you have to learn on the fly. So that's just how it works, specifically Google ads. So um, I don't know, would you say, would you say it's easy, Jordan? Uh, it's definitely not easy, but that, that is what I like about it. You know, you want to have challenges to overcome. You want things, problems mm-hmm. to solve, you know, things that give you value back. Um, you know, the, that's unique to me, maybe unique to marketers in general, but not all of us. Um, you know, I wouldn't be happy in a, as a, as an accountant, for example, you know, doing the same thing that's been done for the last 20 years. Um, uh, just maybe you're using slightly different, you know, QuickBooks or some other tool. A new abacus. Um, yeah. You know it, but it's the same thing, you know, fill out yeah. numbers, put it in the same way, get out the same results. Um, this is not that, um, so it kind of gets into even even more. So the other thing that I would recommend knowing into this is, is like just always be open to continual learning. Yeah. Learning, 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 learning. There's a big threat when you get into this career later on, especially once you've yeah. built up some clout and ability that you want to just relax and settle into that. That's where the industry will leave you behind. It will just leave you behind. And you, <laughs> you won't know lose it's that there. job. You will lose that that power you had because the industry around you doesn't care. It's changing and it's moving forward, yeah. even if you're not. So that is that is one thing you got to keep riding that wave the entire way along. There's there's no getting off this train. Well, let's like give some actual examples. I mean, on the development side, it could be coding languages, right? You know, mm-hmm. understand how that's evolving. It could be the evolution of analytics and SEO. It could be the evolution of CMS platforms and how to utilize them and how to set them up, automations. I could keep going. Every single position within an organization is going to evolve, at least in the marketing department, at a different rate. But if, for example, you've been utilizing the same software for six years, you've never got off of it. Mm-hmm. And you're great at it because it's your place and it's your comfort, right? The second that that platform disappears or the market changes, we saw this with, you know, Corel Draw was the software for a lot of people. People moved off of that. You saw platforms like DNN and Drupal and these web development platforms. Everyone's moving to WordPress. I mean, you kind of get stuck. Um, you want to make sure that you have job security. You want to make sure that you're able to produce the most cutting edge service, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than anything, Continual learning is what's going to ensure that you are hireable um, and somebody that can be senior to educate and train people underneath them as time goes on. Yeah. So I know that the last, you know, those three points we just covered, you know, job security, you know, that it's not really easy. It's something you're going to have to really work at and that you do need to have the continual learning can seem like a lot of maybe barriers or things that might have a negative outlook. But I think you're marketing being so negative, Jordan. Inter- I know. Ugh dark but (laughs) like you said we should be able to have fun in this industry this industry is about that in a lot of ways it's 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 an inherently creative mindset you're stepping into even if you're not a creative person you're not doing design work or you know graphic designs that's what maybe most commonly associated with being creative but 
problem solving is creative. Having dialogues to work with other people who are thinking that same mindset set is creative. That's and pushing new technology and finding new ways to use things and, and implement things that have never been done before. That's all creative. And that, that has a huge, huge value in return. So yes, you can get value and reward and your career financially. And you know, if you're, if you're doing the right things and you're adding value, you probably will in marketing too, but you have this an additional thing on top, which is being part of that kind of creative, mm -hmm. um, you know, I guess flow that just happens throughout your whole career. And it doesn't really stop if you let it. Well, you know, talking about those, you know, rewards that come from it, um, if you're anybody who wants to be on the forefront of innovation, um, try to align yourself with an organization that thinks that way. Now, that being said, it just happens. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what role you're in, things are evolving and changing and you're either going to be left behind or pulled with it or you're going to be chasing, you know, what's the most cutting edge and always implementing it. Um, but all that being said, look for an organization that is that is forward thinking in that way. I would say probably the biggest reward I've seen a lot of individuals over the years um you know find this as well as myself is if you're in the agency world specifically you end up coming across not just multiple industries over and over and over again but multiple or unique challenges that you face. Now that being said, maybe there's a 100 challenges and it's the same 100 challenges just they look a little different or 20 or whatever that is. Yeah, they're packaged a little bit differently. One's blue, one's green, one's red. Um, but at the end of the day, you come across unique challenges all the time. And someone on your team has seen it before. And you learn from that. And when you implement it, you come across it the next time. You go, mm, you know what? Seen that, done that. And the secret sauce for me that I love about that is although you've seen it over and over and over again, that customer, that client, that prospect that you're talking to, or maybe you've been experienced for 10 years and you are in a marketing coordinator role at an organization and a challenge comes up and you've experienced that before, the individuals that are bringing that challenge have never learned how to overcome that. And you can just open up your book, boop, boop, boop. Yeah, here we go, page 13. This is how we implement that change. And that experience is mm. worth a fortune to that company, to that organization, whoever you're working with, and you're invaluable. It's fantastic it's helping of, people. It's, it's a bit of a bias, um, maybe especially early on in your, in your career, that you probably will get a bit of a leg up and a boost if you start in the agency world and then maybe move over to being the in-house or, or freelance and leverage the amount of experience you would get in an agency. Because Absolutely. if you're working with multiple clients in one year, like let's say you're working with, you can get exposed to 20 different businesses in one year, that's 20 times more challenges that you're potentially faced with than yeah. just working with one business throughout one year. So but not just the challenges, you know, 20 different types of individuals. Mm -hmm. You know, you might deal with an engineer and then some bubbly person who's just a yes person and that comes with its own challenges. And so it you're exposed mm -hmm. to a lot more. Yeah. That being said, if you can get the in-house position and that's more your speed, there's nothing wrong there too. It's just this, this particular thing has a one, it's unique two agencies to be able to get that kind of uh, breadth of experience and then be able to leverage that later in your career. Now we're talking about rewards. Um, one of the things we never really planned on talking about is compensation. Mm. Compensation is often not much different across agencies or in-house, you know, positions. It, it just isn't, um, you know, obviously keeping in mind size of organization, you know, right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once you're dealing with, with the same type of role on both sides of the fence, it's pretty much the same in compensation. Um, 
Jordan, what would you say is on your side one of the more you know rewarding parts of of being a marketer in, in the industry mm. of marketing? I mean, it's really challenging because there's there's a lot of unfortunately there's a lot of businesses or or industries that do take more advantage of the fact that there's just a lot of potential people who want to work in marketing. So there's there's a kind of propensity for businesses to be a maybe slightly abusive on that front. Um, that being said, professional businesses, business, you know, businesses have been around for a long time, agencies that are more established, you know, you can't do that for very long and get a good reputation. So, you know, you want to have healthy, thriving people who have jobs they enjoy and careers they can develop and, and have that longevity there. The main trick is most people are coming into marketing like we just described, either as generalists or starting with like a bit of knowledge and then expanding by experiencing new clients, experiencing new situations, getting new knowledge, you know, being able to work in very unique tools or problem solving or have very specific skills. You leverage all those things up to be as invaluable to those organizations you work for as possible. And there's not really a limit on that front um, other than, you know, I mean, if you if you wanted to become uh, super, super rich, maybe, you know, go learn how to trade on Wall Street. You know, <laughs> there's, there's certain points where it's still marketing. It's not there are more lucrative industries to go into, but it is not one where you you're going to be starving to death either if, if you place the right chips in the right places and work hard and want to you know build that value mutually for the businesses you work for and for yourself for me i, I would say the biggest award is is the culture that surrounds it um we can all what there's those tv shows it's like you know world's dirtiest jobs you know those types mm -hmm. of things i mean there are always jobs out there that are worse than the ones that you do i get that but marketing is pretty cushy i mean let's let's be honest you know mm -hmm. you're you're sitting at a desk you know you're inside if you're anyone like you know me who lives in a cold frigid arctic wasteland in canada um you know i would not want to be a roofer you know mm -hmm. or or doing something a construction job you know where it's minus 30. No um, it's cushy or construction job people you're doing no, keep work. doing what you do we need yeah. you <laughs> we need you you do that we'll do this um yeah. but at the same time the culture that surrounds it is really i think the secret sauce of agencies it's the people it's the energy um i don't believe that every agency should have ball pits you know and things like that I, I think you do have to have a certain level of professionalism and that's again like we've mentioned earlier that's a whole other podcast um, but you aren't in high tension situations. You generally have a fun environment. You generally are constantly learning. Um, and if you're an agency much not to, you know, maybe I'll toot our own horn. I mean, we're very culture focused. We have events that we do quarterly and we have a lot of crazy things we implement to help build relationships and stre strengthen that team. Um, those are all perks and, and things that you look forward to every day. You should never... I, there's a lot of industries where you just you, you're in a silo you know and if you're a people person like I am that's a problem you should enjoy coming into where you work every day and I think marketing has on average um, I'd, I'd say most people are, are going to say they enjoy coming into their marketing role every single day yeah yeah so I, I mean I'm glad we landed on how rewarding this career can be even if we've given you some advice on how to avoid the rapids that might be along the way or the doors you need to walk through to get in in the first place but we uh, had to be positive because you were so negative yeah. earlier in the podcast yeah, I know. yeah doom and gloom <laughs> but uh you know I, I think this will hopefully be a valuable uh, episode for those that are in that process or maybe the, those that are looking to shift their career um and, and jump into marketing for the first time so yeah well I mean 
with that, why don't we close out? You know, maybe this is the first time you've ever listened to the podcast. Um, sometimes we're fun. Sometimes we're pretty, you know, we're going to teach you about stuff. Uh, the truth is, is that it's been a real fun year of, of building out the Challenge Unity podcast. Um, it could be that you're listening to this podcast because you were looking for how, you know, how to get started in the world of marketing. Well, check out the other podcasts. Um, we're on YouTube if you're watching. Hi, you can see us. Um, but that being said, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever where you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe. There it is up top. Subscribe. Um, because we do issue a new episode every two weeks and we plan to until the end of 2023 and maybe even beyond. Who knows? We're in the plans of that. Um, Jordan, do you want to leave us with any wise words? You do this to me every time and uh, I don't usually have them. I I think we just put a whole bunch of wise words down for, I don't know, 40 minutes or whatever this is. We we trained your brain of of wisdom. We did. All right. Well, go to a beach, go walk your dog, go have a good evening. For all of you that have been watching, we appreciate you and we'll uh, look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Cheers.